cow. Yes. Oh no, but I'm good. We're good. <clears throat> so, uh, welcome to the NVG podcast. My name is Will. And this is my co-host, David. How you doing today, David? Um, I'm pretty good, but I will tell you what. what I'm David? so excited for you to do this voice every podcast. That would be freaking awesome. No sarcasm. <laughs> <laughs> well, all of the lack of sarcasm aside, <laughs> how's it going? Good, good. It's pretty good. So what's our podcast about today? Rumor has it. It's <laughs> about storytelling. It. <laughs> um, but I don't know. But before we actually get into that, have you been playing? What, what, kind of, what games have you been playing lately? Oh well, I'm s- still on Dragon Quest Eleven. What do you, how do you feel about that game? I feel like it's going to take me a lot longer to the beat than God of War. Cause, Obviously, because <laughs> my wife, like, she saw, <laughs> so my wife saw how much I was in the God of War, and she was like, "All right, I'll give you a little extra time." But then, actually, so she doesn't. Whenever she sees the like Japanese RPGs, mm-hmm. she's always like. Why do you play those? <laughs> but then she sees God of War and she's like, that's fucking awesome. If I played video games, I would totally play that. I feel like it's that same, um, it's like the Uncharted Syndrome where um, and it was kind of, the way they advertised it early on was that it's so cinematic that your girlfriend would want to watch, yeah, right? Yeah. Um, but well, funny enough, so I actually found a The Last of Us movie online mm-hmm. and I actually played that for her and she she thought it was incredible. There she cried. Oh shit! Multiple times, actually. Okay. And she doesn't. It's kind of yeah. It is kind of crazy because she really doesn't cry ever. But you should send me a link to that video. Okay, I can do that. Um, or you can just Google it. I I could, but I'm lazy. <laughs> yeah, whatever. <laughs> Anyways, um, what are you are you playing anything right now? I just started Spider Man. Oh yeah, the new one. And I've been trying to play Persona, but it's suffering from the same syndrome that i ended up with persona 4 there's like this weird anxiety that i get because there's so many possibilities like you know when you're like managing the days and whatnot Mm -hmm. and you're trying to figure out like okay so do i want to if he says something here if i don't (laughs) respond to him does that mean that i'm gonna like (laughs) lose like this with this person or if i if i if i say yes to going to the to the castle today with her does that mean that I get more points with her or does, you know, like so, it's, it's all that crap. If it makes you feel better, it it is impossible. Mm, I'm pretty sure that it is impossible to get it a hundred percent the first time. I'm pretty sure you have to new game plus probably a couple times to get it. And when I did new game plus, I was kind of annoyed because, uh, your relationships, they don't, um, they don't stay. So you have to redo your relationships. In other words, just giving you a chance to redo your path that you take. Yeah, like I, I mean, there's there's other things that you don't have to do to make it so that you have a little bit more time. Mm-hmm. But and and then not just Talking that, about like leveling and money. Yeah, and, and um, yeah, because you won't you won't have to go into the whatever it's called, like the subway system thing. I don't know, but you should still play it because it's good. I will. I will. It's just taking me a little bit. Muscle through it. I will. So. Well, let's get into this uh, this storytelling. 
How do you want to start this song? <laughs> well, um, do, you, do you watch any reality TV at all? Unfortunately, I have. <laughs> okay. But I don't anymore. Okay, well, what, what have you watched? Um, are we talking like reality TV game show kind of stuff? Or are we talking about like... Just reality TV in, in general. I've seen like, I don't know, like Kardashians. <laughs> oh, gosh. Um, Survivor. Big House is it or Big Brother? Is it Big Brother? I don't know. Yeah, that's one of them. I know that. Um, Keep it up with the Kardashians, uh, Survivor, Big Brother. Remember? Do you remember? Um, gosh, what was it? Oh, Biggest Loser. That was a, a huge thing for. Oh, the, the weight loss one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I've seen that. Before. Um, so why do you bring this up? <laughs> Thanks. So I bring this up because uh, I don't know if you remember this. Uh, I I think it was like the two thousand seven, two thousand eight. Uh, season of shows where you know they all went on a writer's strike mm-hmm. and um you know before that like um they kind of talked about how reality tv kind of started getting more popular just for two reasons you know obviously the writer's strike and networks are like well we got all we got to fill all these time slots right actually what they did and was it's uh, easy to film and- yeah and they well they don't need a writer or anything <laughs> But uh, it's interesting because they actually uh, ended up doing a, a two-hour time spot for Biggest Loser because it drew so much, but then they had nothing else to throw in there anyway. Mm-hmm. Um, but another part was um, that they thought that television was getting really stagnant and following formula for everything. Because it is. Well, it was. Um, is. Or still. See, I... I, I I disagree with that, but we'll get back into that. So it was just kind of interesting because during this writer's strike, well, I mean, so in the middle of the writer's strike, there was a, I mean, there were still good shows. That's mm-hmm. like season four of Lost <laughs> uh, took place during the writer's strike. First of all, are we going to visit Lost for some reason or another, like in every episode? Because I swear we have. We can, if you want. I don't. It's not, ha- I have not talked about it every episode. <laughs> I think I've, we only I've listened like to the episodes. podcast. Yeah, it's been <laughs> like a couple, well, maybe three or something. Um, That's funny. But uh, and, and it was also around this time when when Netflix really started kind of picking up steam, and and that's why the re- that's kind of one of the reasons that they went on the writers' strike because they knew that there's this new form of uh, business that's coming up, and the writers are like, well, if we don't strike now, we're going to get screwed. When we start having all this digital yeah. publications of of content, if we keep the same contracts, they're they're going to they're going to try to manipulate the way that we get paid. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And uh, but then because of that, then all these these reality TV shows really like took off, and then that's that's when uh, <laughs> that's when you have uh, what is, oh crap I I just said it the Kardashian show keeping up with the Car- Kardashians mm-hmm. ended up with like 31 million viewers which is just mind-boggling to me and I guess a lot of these writers um they <laughs> they were actually when they got back they were like they were actually kind of intimidated like oh my gosh like how can we get our shows to compete with 31 viewers for this reality tv show that's ridiculous mm-hmm. but another thing that came out of it is that you know like like for yourself, you like to write for fun, mm-hmm. you know, but you have these writers, they're going on strike, but it's not like they stop writing. Right. So in their free time, well, they're not writing specifically for 
a network or something, mm -hmm. they're thinking about the future because they're thinking about how long is this strike going to happen? Um, I need to be able to, 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 to get back on my feet running. Like I need to be able to yeah. like, and so, hit the ground running. That's it. And so I, I personally think that there's a lot more creativity in TV shows nowadays. Like around that time, it was just like Lost was different because it was doing something else that you know no other really shows that were that we're doing you know it was um i i guess it's not i i can only think of the word like high concept at the time you know it was just it's what made things about the creator he's just he is a high concept kind of yeah. creator so but then jj abrams in case you didn't know that well okay so jb well i'll get into that later um but you know now you have shows like so game of thrones wasn't going on at this time at that time and but you had stuff like Sopranos. They, they were, they were just. I don't know. That's why those a lot of those shows kind of go down as like some of the greatest shows of all time because they, they were the ones that like kind of like skyrocketed long form like storytelling. Yeah. And they did it in a way where I mean. Oh, mm, I don't know whose that was. <laughs> that was definitely yours because I have no <laughs> notification. So. Uh, um, <laughs> Yeah, so David made the mistake of leaving his phone on, on the table again, but it's okay. Anyways, um, they had a way of like ushering in the era for shows like Breaking Bad and whatnot, kind of making it to where the audience was less, um, they were less tense about the weeks to come for sh shows and mm -hmm. more like the anticipating the 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 shows to come. So it turned from being like. Uh, Ending, having to end every episode in a cliffhanger and having a villain of the week to how about we tell a story that lasts a whole season? So we've got a story that we're telling for half a year, you know, instead of we have a story that we tell in the first episode and the last episode of the season, which right. is, you know, what typical like syndicated TV does mm -hmm. because they want to be able to play the episodes out of order and whatnot. And I do think that shows like the sopranos and um like but the most of those shows the good ones the ones that ushered the way in were all on paid channels most of the time they didn't yes. typically do that on like network television because they couldn't syndicate it properly and playing things out of order like and maybe that's why lost was such a big deal because maybe that was one of the first on was it non-syndicated syndicated channel or they are oh, it was just it was on a just a public channel. yeah yeah yeah, yeah. um that would make sense. That would make sense that it would be a big deal that you have like this crazy long story that if you played it out of order wouldn't just would not jive yeah. at all. Well, I mean that makes sense for you because you know Lost is, I mean Lost was kind of started something, but you never saw it during that time, no. and now it's just kind of jumbled in with. For you, it's just jumbled in with all these shows that are doing the same type of things, right? So something that I'm already like now accustomed to, right? And I'm not really much of a TV person as it is. Um, I watch TV shows. But they're typically like Netflix and yeah. and and Hulu things, so I watch them in mass. Well, speaking of Netflix, uh, that was actually one of the Netflix is one of the reasons that they felt better about doing these type of shows that mm -hmm. aren't that have a continuing story, is because uh, actually after Netflix came out and they started putting the programming on their streaming service, mm -hmm. um, people could catch up on a full season and get caught up on the show and then jump in like on the third season and it's okay. So they actually, they actually had a whole bunch of, uh, rating spikes 
because of Netflix, right. which is ironic because now, now it's Netflix going. The, yeah, now now Netflix is like, yeah, you're welcome for that, but you should have thought ahead because now we're you know, yeah. we're taking it back. But you see what Netflix is doing now too is they're kind of going the way of uh, the BBC in that they are taking their shows and instead of doing like standard seasons because they were doing seasons kind of the same mm-hmm. way it would be if it yep. was on like a public channel playing every week and they were doing 13 to 22 episode seasons very like uh very like weekly based type of um seasons and now like with the most recent episodes of like these uh netflix shows they'll go like maybe a season is 13 episodes and then the next season might be 10 and the next the next season might be eight or the next season might be another 10 or you might get hit with a 22 episode season but out of nowhere, like I was watching, uh, was it Seven Deadly Sins? I think the first season is like, is maybe like 13 Is that episodes. anime? Yeah. Um, the first episode, or the first season's 22, second season's like four episodes. Mm. And then the but third, they don't have, yeah, it's just like the, BBC. Yeah. yeah. The third episode is like 20, another 23 or something like that. But like to me, I feel like that's the best way to do it. If you have enough content for eight episodes and that's your season mm-hmm. why did you th- why would you feel the necessity th- and why would you feel even the m- necessity to put the money into it i know these episodes cost like millions of dollars per episode and by not doing five episodes that are very much unnecessary like how much money are you saving yeah well i mean netflix doesn't need to do that because they don't have to bring viewers back every week no they have such a uh a, uh a, a high volume of of, of content of, of content like yeah. rotating catalog um which is really it really was brilliant of them like i mean we talked about it in the podcast before you know that they're they, canceling all this stuff now yeah we, well they talked about that they said that which is weird they they said they said we should be canceling a lot more shows and that was a little bit confusing to me but i'll i'll just take the word for it you know i was, I was going to talk about that is a uh, luke cage and um iron fist, iron fist yeah and which was I don't know if that's a precursor to what's going on with the Disney streaming service, or is it mm-hmm. just something where it's just Netflix saying, okay, if we can't come up with something, then let's cut our ties. Uh, or it's, yeah, it could be, it, it also could be more or less. I think we had talked about this last week, um, not on the podcast. So um, talking about doing a heroes for hire yeah. thing and maybe, Maybe trying to redo the Defenders kind of thing that they did because the Defenders wasn't that great and it was considered a limited series. I, I didn't really think about this, though, um, until just now. One of, the, one of the things they can do if they do a Heroes for Hire show is they can get new showrunners. And so if they weren't satisfied with the showrunners for Luke Cage and Iron Fist... Oh, Iron Fist probably could have used quite the makeover. Yeah. Um, but Luke Cage, I felt like... It felt like it definitely felt like the Black Panther of the mm-hmm. of the Netflix. Uh, it was it, it was very, it was inclusive in a way that many of Marvel's properties aren't. Right, and it was also done in a way that paid homage to everything before, it, especially when it comes to the culture in terms yes. of like the music, the 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 surroundings, the the location that a lot of things was like filmed at. And then, like having, I mean, really, just having the 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 representation. But I don't, it, yeah, I don't think it need that needed really be shuffled. I think it really needs. To, they just need to really figure out and maybe think about how much money they're willing to put into it to make it a 
um, make it one of their top tier shows. Because you can definitely tell how much money they pour into this new season of Daredevil. Yeah. It's because I feel like they like that property more. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Which is, I mean, not to say that there's any specific reason for that other than that Daredevil is actually a really good property as well. Well, it's, it's their highest rated show on right. Netflix. I mean, technically, it's it's Jessica Jones and um, Daredevil, and the other two, their ratings are actually Poop. less. Yeah. yeah. But I don't know. I, I mean, I don't know how they gauge I ratings. Ne- I just mean like um, like review ratings. Right. I think so. Netflix should probably get into more advertisement, though, because I think that's probably their, the, their biggest downfall, is that I don't feel like Netflix has ever advertised anywhere but Netflix. Yeah, there's never ever. Uh, so it's a very much a word of mouth thing. I don't think I've ever really seen advertisements. Yeah, for, for I see Netflix. stuff on Hulu for Hulu on uh, network television. Right, but I'm saying Netflix. Mm. I don't see, and I think that's because if you think about it, their business model completely relies on getting more subscribers. Though I did yeah. read something saying that they just got another subscriber bo- um, boost. Jumped. Yeah, yeah. So not surprising. Well, I mean, Daredevil's back, so that's true. Again, if it's one of their highest rated shows, of course they're gonna it's gonna and be a pull as soon as somebody finds yeah, out. And the like, new oh, season of Stranger react. Things, yeah. When's the new season of Stranger Things? Oh, I don't know. But okay. when it happens, I'm sure it'll be another boost and, and whatnot. Um so actually it's one of the reasons I, I, I kinda brought up this thing, just because it was interesting in general, but uh it's something that you always talk about with with um with your writing mm-hmm. is you know, being uninhibited uh in your writing and not having to write for something sort for someone you know right. and uh and i i don't know i mean may, maybe i'm maybe i'm wrong but i really do I, I believe that writer's strike actually changed a lot of things allowed writers to do their own thing whereas you know before they're like like we we're talking about before you know like oh we, we need our next um cop procedural to fill this time slot right so which they still do they do. And they I'm, still pull I, ratings, which is so crazy. You know, it's because people are simple and we we like things. There's there's a reason why it's called a procedural and there and it's because it adheres to certain patterns, it adheres to a certain structure for the episodes. It is very much generated as such. And because of our lizard brains, we like patterns <laughs> a lot. And yes. it, that is, I mean, that's like I mean, that's science. I mean, we like patterns, and so for us to have a format that is defined in your brain, and it it already, like, you can kind of already see how things are gonna go. That like, familiarity. Yeah, like yeah. when you watch an episode of Law and Order, you know when the certain kind of music plays that they're about to discover who did the thing, <laughs> yeah. right? Um, and you know when they pr- play that one sound, that dun dun, <laughs> like they're gonna move to a it's new. It's funny scene. that I knew exactly what you're talking about right, right. away. Yeah. But it, there's a pattern. There's a pattern. I to can't believe "dun dun" is iconic. Exactly. But that. But that's what I'm saying. Like, I mean, the reason why those shows will always be popular, and the reason why they'll always be like generated, is that they're always going to fill those time slots. Is because people will always tune into them for the familiarity of, I know that this is going to be this. I know that they're gonna. There's gonna be a crime. It, it might get a little, 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 uh, little heavy, but then they're gonna find a person, and there might be a plot twist, but then that person, the right person, is gonna get caught, and then we're gonna get to see justice, and I, and then the like, heroes are gonna succeed, and the audience is gonna be like, oh, 
thank goodness they yeah. did it again. I was so worried. Yeah. You see, and so it's a thing. It's like you, you kind of feel like you know it's gonna it's gonna be good in the end because those shows are also made to be syndicated mm-hmm. so they can be played out of order. Whereas you have other shows which don't have that 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 very glossy beginning and end. They have a well, last time on, blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. Well, let's get back into it. And then next time on, blah, blah, blah. And let's, you'll have to wait till next week to, to get to this. And then, I mean, most of those shows, say, for instance, like The Walking Dead, like a new season's about to come out, the network will probably marathon the show to make sure people can catch up. Oh, the last season? Yeah, they'll do that. Yeah. Um, I, I'm I'm going to talk about Walking Dead again. It It's it's way better this season like it's almost like uh um, that means i have to finish last season so yeah you guys you gotta have to push push through it uh, i think one of the things about the bad this two bad seasons of uh walking dead with negan mm-hmm. is first of all you know it, it, they drew it out but way I think, too long yeah i think another part is though uh you know you, you have these writers that have been writing kind of a drama mm-hmm. and then all of a sudden okay well it's now it's an action show almost yeah and it's not really their, you know, strong point. And now the show's getting back into the character drama again. Mm-hmm. And I think that's that's just where its strength lies. It, yeah. it, it, I don't know if it was you that I talked to about it. Uh, whenever, I, you know, actually it might have been my mom. Because I was trying to explain to her why she should watch Walking Dead. This is way back in the day because she watches yeah. it pretty religiously too. Um and I was trying to explain to her why. And she's like, but I don't really get down with zombies. I was like, neither do I. <laughs> I don't, I mean, zombies aren't that cool, in my opinion. I think zombies are really outplayed. They've been outplayed since, like, I don't know, uh, Night of the Living Dead. Right. Um, which is, yeah, which is, I think, one of the first zombie movies ever. And they weren't even called zombies in that, I don't think. Who knows? I think they were just called the Living Dead. Anyways, um, I I never really thought they were like a cool thing, and I hate when video games do zombies. They're not. They're never never been that fun to me. But there was something about Walking Dead, especially when it first started out, is that it 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 appealed to the way I like to write, and I definitely like writing character based stories. So to find out that there's the whole TV show about about well, the, okay, they spent all about two seconds establishing what the world was, right? Which was good. Mm-hmm. It was like. Here's the place that your characters are going to be. You get it? Get it? Okay, cool. Now let's move on to the characters. And then they just, they went all in, you know, whole hog on making sure that they explained every single character, their yep. motivations, mm-hmm. their connections with uh, with the other characters, their, their um, like, their prospects for the future or whatever. And their flaws that could oh, be under- overcome. Yeah, there, there's just so much character development. Like Carol. Oh my gosh. Yeah. She's probably actually yeah. She's probably the one that like she's, grew the most. Yeah. Of course. I mean, they they definitely stumbled in the show. You know, like Rick's kind of. He's like, ah, I'm the leader. Ah, I'm crazy. I'm the leader again. I'm good. Don't worry about that little crazy session. But I I do feel like again that's that's actually kind of good storytelling because it shows an evolution of a person. Yeah. And a person under extreme amounts of yeah. stress is not always going to remain as vigilant and as uh like that that north star for the group you know all the time they're gonna need they're they're eventually gonna fall short because hey that's a lot of even happened with Jon snow yeah realistically that's that's stressful to you Mm -hmm. um 
but yeah again so walking dead was really good and then what i was, was like i was saying i was explaining to my mom is like a very character driven story and i was like it's not even it gets a little gory sometimes if you're if you if you're a little weak weak in the stomach i guess it does actually yeah um but the show isn't about that and they don't really focus too much on that i think sometimes they get a little creative with the zombie kills or whatever and it actually became kind of a thing where they were like let's let's throw at least like a couple like uh gif worthy zombie kills you know what i mean we need to we need to get get a little creative give our special effects team like something Something to work on a challenge they need a challenge yeah so they did stuff like that which was cool but then like explaining to her like it's really actually like a drama it's and you could take out the zombies and put real people in those in the zombies places and you could actually still just have yeah you can have a post-apocalyptic world and it still works just a drama yeah and and it works as such and then I think going back to what your point or the point you made earlier in that the the bad seasons or the less than good seasons mm-hmm. were very much action based and it and you lost so much of the drama and the drama ended up becoming the bookends of each of the seasons right and you kind of like okay so I only get the drama in the first episode I only get the drama in the last episode where's all the in between oh oh I guess there's a lot of gunfights mm-hmm and I guess that was another thing too. Like guns early in the series, ammunition was very limited, so nobody was really Scarce. firing off guns. And then everybody was more worried about making the noise with guns that they would never fire them. So like it, it, it kept it to a minimum, and it made sure that most of the kills were done by, like you know, like a machete or like an axe or a pipe or something like that. But they tried to again, everything was to keep quiet. And then it seemed like the the universe got to a point where they're like, yeah. We don't really need to keep wide anymore. And so there's guns and there's bombs and there's fires. and like, Yeah, I can see, like, I can, I don't know. I mean, they they basically turned all the characters into these hardened warriors. So I don't even think they were worried about, like, you know, walkers coming and everything. They're just like, oh, okay, well, there's more. So we got you too. Like, they just had a scene where. Uh, yeah, but it's like turning, it's like turning Bioshock. It's like okay, going from like this the scarceness of ammo in Bioshock to suddenly going to the infinite ammo of a oh, real tournament or something. I, I like totally, that. I totally agree. But I mean, I also would totally understand like, like just in reality, there's so many guns in the United States that true. Yeah, I don't true. think I don't think they could struggle, and eventually they're gonna stockpile the shit out of these weapons. Right, right. So I okay. mean, it's kind of a realistic progression. Um, the food part, that's 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 the that's the tricky part yeah yeah and i guess that that was part of the drama early on too Mm -hmm. and i feel like they just kind of like okay we found this place we always we're gonna always have food yeah and 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 even uh even when they first got there like they had scenes where they're like rationing out the food yeah and then they just forgot all about that yeah and I think once they like, got rid of the ah, character that, that did, did the rationing, they were like, <laughs> yeah. we don't really need to show this anymore. <laughs> we don't need the rationing anymore. She was the one eating it all. So <laughs> That was such a sad scene. It was kind of a sad scene. Um, yeah. Anyway. Yeah. Uh, Let, let's, uh, let's take a quick break. Yep. Sounds good to me. So, uh, before the break, I was talking about the writer strike, and I remembered quite a bit of it. Of it but um, mm-hmm. I figured I better mention that I I read an article from the Huffington Post mm-hmm. to get a refresher on it. So, 
Um, we were also talking about The Walking Dead, which we also discussed during the break, that I think we're probably going to end up doing a little bit of a, maybe not even a mini-series, but maybe an episode just on The Walking Dead yeah, alone. Yeah, maybe we'll just attack certain shows in general. Yeah, there's, there's I feel like... Because there's, there's a, a lot more to talk about for this stuff than, you know, as soon as we start talking about it, they're like, oh, wow, there is quite a bit to, to share about this. Yeah, but I think... Because, like, early on in recording, and especially these early episodes, we want to actually tackle, like, the broad subjects. Mm-hmm. And then as we kind of get into it, we want to... I We definitely want to hone in on certain subjects and, or certain... Uh, uh, shit. Uh, <laughs> We're going to hone in on shit? Yes. All right. Well. That uh, will be a good so podcast. We, we want to hold on certain properties. There we right. go. That's the word. Oh, my gosh. Words are hard. <laughs> anyway. They are when you have to think of it on the fly. <laughs> yeah. oh, there's so much pressure from this podcast. Oh, my gosh. This is such a giant audience. Um, <laughs> <laughs> well, it's funny because it, it can be. It's it's definitely more nerve-wracking when you're recording because it doesn't click in your head for some reason. That somebody oh. else is going to listen to it? Or not just that. The fact that you can actually like pause it, think for a second. Oh, I can record again. Yeah, I don't we, think we will ever do that though. I don't think we will either. No. I sometimes I actually think keeping my thought process in and and just like even sometimes when I'm trying to say something but I can't, and then you just chime in and then we just keep on talking. It's just better that way. Yeah, it's just like yeah, fuck it, whatever. So, yeah, so we'll probably end up doing an episode on The Walking Dead in case you were hoping to get more Walking Dead talk. Yeah, we're probably moving on to. I wonder how people like if we had a big audience at the time. I'm curious how people would react to that because they had so much negative um, vibes around it right now. Yeah, which I mean is warranted because of past seasons, but isn't warranted really if you started watching again. Right. Um. So what I will say is we'll probably end up doing for The Walking Dead. We'll probably do like the seasons in chunks because mm-hmm. i don't know if we could do a whole episode per season yeah um oh God, but no. we'll, yeah i know um so we'll do Which probably is funny because it's uh, watching dead seasons walking dead is still not one of my favorite shows either but it's just but it, it's one of those shows that's kind of imp- it's very kind of it's very important to 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 the zeitgeist when it comes mm-hmm. to long-form storytelling right it definitely set a precedent and it followed in the footsteps of breaking bad at the time as well so like it was there two very iconic shows right. that were that revolutionized i i say revolutionized almost like it hadn't been done before <laughs> but it definitely made it more popular to to make a show that more people would watch that had a definitive storyline that you didn't want to watch out of order right and so you ended up buying dvds and whatnot to to catch up on season or just netflix or you got it on Netflix. I think it was on Netflix. I don't know. Anyway. No, it's still on Netflix. It's still on Netflix. Okay. Yeah. So uh, I am curious, who are some of your favorite storytellers? Well, if we're talking about directors or like screenplay writers and whatnot, I can't say I really have any. I mean, I do feel like certain people do good work and have done good work. But because the project, it really depends on, like, I guess maybe the feeling that they have at the time or the inspiration that they have at the time or who they're married to. So whoever's their muse at the time and they're, you know, they're and they're they're feeling exceptional at the time. But I've never... You sound like a musician. Huh? You sound like a musician. I do do. Actually, I I mostly think of uh, Beck. 
because uh, his his best album, uh, Sea Change, is actually after his divorce, mm-hmm. and it's very somber, you know. But it's yeah. pretty incredible. Some of the anyway. best music is is written from from a place of uh, of sorrow. Yeah. Um. But what I think about when I think about those things is I don't have anybody specifically that I w- like would follow completely. There, except for yourself. Oh, for sure. <laughs> For sure, because I'm the greatest writer of all time. <laughs> um, so there are people who do good work. I mean, I I like a lot of J.J. Abrams stuff. Mm-hmm. I still have not watched a lot. So I was actually looking up J.J. Abrams yesterday, mm-hmm. and the crazy part about him is he doesn't have very many uh, screenwriting credits. He has a lot of creator credits. Yes. He didn't... He's an idea man. Yep. Guy. Yeah. But Lost, Lost was his idea with Damon, Damon Lindelof. Mm-hmm. And uh, same with Fringe. It was just his idea. But he actually has writing credits for episode nine of Star Wars. Okay. Which, and I'm not even sure. Yeah, I think he has writing credits for, no, I think uh, Chris Kasdan or whatever. He's the writing credits for seven. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. But not important, I guess. So that being said, you have people like J.J. Abrams where you can say, hey, I do kind of like the work that they do. I like the work that they have a hand in. But even then, they're not everything they do is the greatest. Mm-hmm. So I can't really say I have like a favorite when it comes to that. But it is interesting how they attach it's his of consistency. Yeah. Well, they attach his name to the name to these projects because and he's not even writing them. He's just well, coming up they're like, Hey, that's a good idea. It's the same thing that they do with like Michael Bay stuff. It may not mm-hmm. be that he writes or even directs them, but if he produces them, they call it a right. Michael Bay project. Right. So in Hollywood and especially with really with any kind of media when it comes down to it if you can if you can attach a well-known name a household to name yes yeah. or if you can put on the cover of something Golden Globe uh, winning Academy Award winning or Academy Award nominated or whatever then you put that on there regardless that there's I can't remember what movie it was it was a while back that I just like you knew that they only hired this person on and pay this person millions of dollars to play like two seconds in a scene, but then they put them on the cover for some reason. Oh, yeah, and then I, they say I, like I hate that. they say golden award, uh, uh, star and golden award winning, blah blah blah, mm-hmm. and they get all about ten seconds of screen time. Yeah, but it's all to 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 push a product because everybody knows who Meryl Streep is. Oh man, I wish I could remember. They, they don't really do that as much as they used to. They don't. Not not so much. Uh, actually, like, typically what they'll do is is in the credits they'll even say all these people and then they'll put and and yeah yeah this person that yeah. is definitely a thing that's been happening yeah. um but yeah that, i can that's my roundabout way of saying i don't really have any like definitive favorites i like some work that some people do but i i'm not i'm not like a big spielberg fan or or anything to like that i mean i kind of like actors more than anything actors and actresses okay so since you didn't really have an answer no, I'm just, I'm just kidding. I did. I'm just kidding. I mean, I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> so we'll just we'll just go into some of mine, or you know, some of the ones that I I jotted down. Yeah. And uh, I remember back in the day, one of mine was uh, was you ever heard of Paul Haggis? The last name sounds familiar. So Paul Haggis was uh, he he was a screenwriter for the movie Crash. Did you ever see this movie? Yes, I did. Okay, so and I I love that movie because. Um, and it's interesting because I wonder if when he wrote this, he had these emotional scenes like in mind, and or if he let the actors and actresses do their thing. Well, he didn't direct, so. Mm. 
or maybe it did. I don't know. But uh, I feel like like there's these like three or four extremely dramatic uh, conclusions to stuff that's going on in, in you know in the movie. That's his writing style, though. Doesn't mm-hmm. he? Doesn't he do that? He's done that on multiple movies, doesn't he? So I thought I thought Paul Haggis had, had done quite a few movies, but uh, he well he did uh, he was a co-writer on Co- Casino Royale and Quantum of Solace, the James Bond movies. Okay. And well, actually, that's why I was really excited originally about Casino Royale when it came out because they attached his name to it. Because after he made Crash, you know his his name took it was off. Was very much a household name. Yeah, Crash, uh, but then I, I looked, didn't know it. <laughs> yeah, but then I looked around and and he really hasn't done that much. Um, but uh, I thought it was interesting because so you haven't really played The Last of Us, but like it's kind of. Like the the Last of Us kind of operates in the same fashion, where it's these big dramatic scenes and everything just kind of leads up to that. Mm-hmm. But it kind of works for his same storytelling model. Kind of works for video games, just because it, it's not really even as important to how you got there. It's that scene and that scene. Those scenes are the ones that kind of like we'll just say it, it takes your breath away or whatever you don't you want to call yeah. it and uh gives you the the lump in your throat yeah and i <laughs> i must like that because that's how like when i'm writing that's typically how my brain works mm-hmm. i think of these scenes and then <laughs> and then like how they get there i'm like I, I don't know i just that's that's what happens it's it's gonna be a good scene take it take it away will uh, that's that's kind of how it goes in my brain yeah. um which is you know mm-hmm. He was a writer on Walker, Texas Ranger. He created that series. Did you watch Walker? No, but I just like to to see the evolution. Sorry, sorry to like stop the train of thought. Like when you mentioned that, I was like, what has he done? Because I feel like he's been, he had to have been around more to to be able to. But but not really. Well, it was was Crash. He also wrote the screenplay for Million Dollar Baby. So he had two back to back. Yeah, yeah, back to back. Jeez. That's. I've actually never seen Million Dollar Baby. <laughs> like, will just give me that shocked look. So it's a good movie. It's a good movie. Um, yeah, I'm actually surprised. And I don't think we liked the actress that much, though. I can't remember her name. Uh, Hillary Swank. Yeah, we didn't really like Hillary. Me and my old roommate, we didn't really like Hillary Swank. So wow. we were biased. We didn't watch it. Wow, you shallow bastard. <laughs> Pretty much, I guess. No, Morgan Freeman was in it, so I immediately. Oh, uh, I didn't know that. Yeah, uh, I watched it for Morgan Freeman. Um, he, you oh. wouldn't have watched it for Clint Eastwood. That was Clint Eastwood? I don't know. No. He directed really. it as well. Yeah, I don't really. I saw Grand Trismo. Trismo? Torino. Torino. <laughs> I don't even remember if I liked that movie or not. It's so. a good movie. Okay. I'll also, take your word for it. It uh, it also stars Mike Coulter. You know who that is? No. Luke Cage. Oh, yes. Duh. Okay. I'm dumb. Um, so, it's, but it's interesting, though, because um, I... Like I love what they did with the uh, the James Bond character in uh, the casino, like all the new James Bond movies with um, Daniel Craig. Mm-hmm. I love how they made his character like pretty much he'll do anything. Like he's not scared at all, which is awesome. But then, like they don't tell the audience what he's thinking essentially. But then, yeah, he actually has to act. Yeah, he has this like master. But he always has like he's like brilliant, you know. Like he, it, it, it just—I don't know. I can't. 
it's it's funny because if you you really think about um you really think about Daniel Craig as as James Bond and there's a lot of people that hate it. There's yeah. Lot, there's a, but there's a lot of people who also love it and a lot of people who love it are of my generation. Only because I think it's something Sean we tackle. Sean Connery. I mean, Sean Connery's cool too. Well, like, they, I love, probably, they probably think of it because of that, because he's just yeah. so relaxed and like he's iconic. Yeah, you know, and not even just as James Bond, but as an actor himself. Mm-hmm. So that there's there's something to be said about that too. There is a stark difference between Sean Connery and Daniel Craig. Well, I mean, it yeah, was Sean Connery, and then there's Pierce Brosnan. Like, yeah, we'll, so, we'll talk about that. I mean, I feel like there's definitely. I mean, there's podcasts all about Bonds in general. So I mean, yeah. there's a lot to talk about there, but. I think one of the things, and especially something we tackled in the in the Star Wars episode, is that the Daniel Craig movies were essentially. He was in Force Awakens. Daniel Craig. I know. Okay. Um, he uh, well, that mo- those movies, the the new ones, they're all acting more or less as prequels, mm-hmm. and they're prequels that we didn't know we wanted. They're prequels we didn't know we needed, and somehow they're prequels that have defined themselves as essential. Because before it was well, like a villain of the movie. It's mostly, I mean, I mean, it's kind of a reboot to, you know, uh, the, also, so I mean, yeah. So Quantum of Solace and Casino Royale, I believe, were the last of the books, and I think the next two, Spect- Spectre and whatever the other one is, uh, those were, those weren't uh, books by Ian Fleming's, mm. which I thought was. Either way, I thought they were they were great. Yeah. They were there were good ways of explaining a character that we didn't know we needed to explain. Like I said before, the other movies were always just kind of none of them were really in sequence. They were things that maybe would they would carry mo- some of the previous content over, but yeah, they never really true. made a sequence to them. So. I didn't think about that because the weight of the last one does carry on. Oh, for sure. When you went from Casino Royale to to Quantum of Solace, you knew that Daniel Craig was fucked, mm-hmm. and like you you just knew. I mean, they ended the movie like they would end an episode of a TV show. Yeah. And they began the movie like they would begin the episode of a new season. God, that, like, and, so Quantum of Solace and they was... Just, they just j- jumped right into it. They, there was no... I mean, there's the typical Bond introduction, but even was then... the car I think, chase, man. Yeah, that was they just jumped right into chase. it, and then they were like, oh, for, oh, sorry, we forgot. We forgot to roll the, the title screen. Oh, so yeah. we'll do that, and then we'll get back right back into it. And with Alicia Keys and uh, Jack White, yeah, that was a really good one. And then they had the uh, the one... What's his name? He, he, he sang that one song with Disclosure, Latch, I think. Anyways. Um, <laughs> I don't know. Uh, he did the he did the latest one, Sam Smith. Um, Sam I don't Smith. know who Sam Smith is. Okay, don't worry about it. Okay. He's he's a European like R and P R and B singer. Um, he uh he did the the intro for one of them. I think Shaka isn't that Shaka Khan. Shaka Khan. Shaka 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 Khan. <laughs> um, anyways, I thought I always liked the 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 Bond intro songs. The yeah, that, that melody is like some, one of the greatest things ever. And, um, yeah. Oh man. Those songs are so good. <laughs> even like, even just like the artistic intro, we could go into a lot about. Uh, maybe that's maybe we should definitely do an episode about like aesthetics and 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 whatnot. But oh, that's that'll have to be something that we'll have to. That is a good idea, actually. Um, things that, things that aren't the focus but add to the experience. Ooh, yes. that's a, that was great. <laughs> I'm gonna need like a 
month to research that one. Um, <laughs> yeah, because you don't pay attention to this stuff. <laughs> well, I mean, I I do some more with movies. Just just yeah. video games is it's just been you know my fun thing to do. I don't know. Now that you until I it? until I met you, now I'm like, oh, I'm all critical of all this crap. Now that you mention it, the perfect segue because of something I wanted to ask you earlier. Okay. We talk. We've talked a lot about movies and TV shows, mm-hmm. um, and storytelling in those. But what about storytelling in video games? You only mentioned Last of Us, uh, kind of in passing, but you're mentioning uh, one of your favorite people being this dude, Paul Haggis, right? Oh no, he used to, he was one of them. Um, well, I'll talk about some of my other what, favorite ones. But uh, so as far as storytelling in video games, um, I mean, realistically, it is the the uncharted you know team um mm-hmm. there but the thing is it's very so cinematic it's, yeah. it's it's like a movie right um but you know i i've always enjoyed the final fantasy games but, but they're all they're never by the same directors they're never by the yeah. same writers well that's not that's necessarily th- true i mean they have same writers working on it but maybe 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 like different, maybe they, they switch leads, off lead yeah. writers you know yeah but it's probably the same writing yeah. team. But I've I, I've always enjoyed them, but I've never. I, I I guess I can't really put my finger to why. When I think of Final Fantasy, I love it. I think they have good stories, mm-hmm. but I'm never I've never been like, wow, these are amazing, powerful stories. And first of all, wow. <laughs> Second <laughs> well, of all, it's true. Explain yourself. Um, <laughs> I mean, it's, I, I, I you know, I, I think I, I, kind I, of, I would, that I was definitely something, yeah. that's definitely something, well, irregardless, it's something that I would need, it's something I can pull out of thin air. I would have to really think long and hard about that one. Okay. So, so, yeah, well, the thing is, this is another thing where I can't Well, we really wanted to do a Final Fantasy podcast anyway. Yeah. And that'll give us a good opportunity to really dive into that and why, why we love it but why we don't put it on this pedestal of storytelling. I do, but that, that's probably a subject we can talk about too. I mm. mean, I, th- I mean, it kind of goes the same way with like finding screenwriters that I really like Vi- video game stories because there's so many different writers and you really very rarely find two games written and like directed by the same person. They, they tend to always shuffle things around, especially with big studios. They don't tend to take the same person and have them do all the things. It's usually um, kind of the director of the day or whatever. Um, and they'll pull them off of other projects or even somebody that suggested an idea and like, okay, well, now you're leading that. <laughs> so, <laughs> Hey, we're doing this remake. Uh, you worked on the first one. You're pretty popular these days. You're the director. Uh, but I, I don't, don't, I don't direct. Well, now you do. Well, Figure it dir- out. He directed. <laughs> so, um, I don't know. That That is... That is actually a really interesting thought that we'll we'll get to at some point. Okay. Cool. Um, so actually, we could probably talk about that next episode. Um, because we do. I so do you want to use storytelling in video games? I think storytelling in video games. We're po- well, we're gonna do kind of more of our opinions or like how we write in mm-hmm. the next episode. But because we're writing for video game, I think we can kind of bring in kind of storytelling in video games. Well, maybe we'll. I love how we're like discussing our plans, but I don't think this will make it into the podcast. But um. <laughs> or will it? Um, I think it'll be fine. You know, we can talk about the thought process, storytelling, and video games next week, and then and then after that, we can talk about 
what we want to do. Sounds good. Um, so let's get back to your uh, your favorite screenplay writers. Your our uh, screenwriters. screenwriters. So I would definitely say the one that I'm most impressed with and it seems to be the most consistent is uh, Christopher Nolan. And so if you're not familiar with his movies, uh, he's done Memento. He did the Batman movies, Bat, you know, Batman Begins and mm-hmm. those three. He did Inception, Dunkirk, Inter- Interstellar, Prestige. And he actually wrote uh, Man of Steel, which I was a little bit surprised about. Mm-hmm. And, and and actually, of all the new DC movies that is are in that DC cinematic universe, Man of Steel is actually the one that I like the most. Martha. <laughs> well, that didn't think. I know that. Yeah, that, that didn't happen in that movie. Um, but I then, just to say it. yeah, but then he, you know, he didn't direct it. He just he wrote it, and then uh, Zack Snyder took over and did his thing. Yeah, his his thing. <laughs> and um, but it definitely we'll it it was definitely interesting because now that I know that he did it, you know, I can definitely see his style and his his influence in how the story was told. Mm-hmm. So, um, have you seen Memento? With Guy Pierce, yeah, yeah. So this is, <laughs> I probably still, but for the longest time, this has always been my favorite movie, and I think Why? it's because. Well, I'm pretty sure it's because I like I like a mystery, mm-hmm. and in the in sh- the movie definitely presents itself as a mystery, and I'm I'm always impressed when you can show the end of a. Uh, the, it's basically the end of the movie, you know, the beginning yeah. is the very the end of the movie, but the fact that you can show the end of this movie and still create an interesting mystery throughout, you know, I don't. It challenges the viewer. Yeah, uh, the the put the put these puzzles together. Yep. Yeah, I I love that movie. Um. So are, are any of those like? So how do you feel about Christopher Nolan though? I like his I like his style. Um I would say that in terms of he he definitely has you you can tell his work like mm-hmm. you were saying earlier. Um and I and I don't think I've not liked any of his stuff. I've not, I haven't seen Dunkirk yet though. Um, I, yeah, I still haven't seen but that. But I'm, I'm not really like a big war movie person, so Yeah, I I, I pretty much only really want to see it. Dunkirk because Christopher Nolan did it. Honestly, yeah. yeah, I watched I watched all of the Batman movies. I watched Man of Steel. I watched uh, Inception, Inception, Interstellar. Interstellar was was like the first one where it was still it was so good, yeah. but it was so like kind of out there. Yeah, but I liked it. No pun intended. Wow, <laughs> I liked it. I actually really thought that was a good movie. I think no, it was. You didn't it was have a good to really movie. think so much about it. You just had to. Well, like, it had pay attention. time travel in it, so but you just had to pay attention. That's all. Yeah, but it had time travel, so it was confusing. But what in Christopher Nolan movie it doesn't make you think, and what Christopher <laughs> Nolan movie isn't actually. And that's probably one of the and and that I love storytelling that is an is it is ambiguous to where it makes you think, but it it should give you enough clues to draw a concrete conclusion of your own. You know, mm-hmm. I, I I typically and we'll get into that. that when it comes to how we how we write or how we right. do storytelling. Uh, and then, of course, I have to talk about Carlton Cuse and Damon Lindelof. Who did I'm Lost. assuming that. <laughs> <laughs> so, did they, okay, before you get into Lost, because I know you've got a lot to say about Lost. I, I don't, but I'll talk about it a little. Okay. Go ahead. Um, did they do anything else? Yes. Okay. So that's actually, that's, that was actually what I wanted to focus on. 
Okay, cool. Um, so Carlton Cuse, uh, he's about the... Did you ever read Lock and Key? I don't read books. Well, it's a... Words are hard. It's a graphic novel. It's a comic book. Pictures are harder. <laughs> <laughs> For no, a I blind person. I haven't. Yeah, I haven't. Okay. Not blind. Uh, so, well, Lock and Key, I, I actually hadn't... I was just... For some weird reason, I was excited for Lock and Key. I had no clue what the hell it was about. So I'll give you the premise. So the premise is uh, you can, they're at this, I don't know if you can do it anywhere or at this house. You go to this other other dimension and there's these demons and these demons try to possess you and they're, it's really bad in that place. But when the demons try to come into our world, they turn into this metal dust. And this oh. person turned this metal dust into these magic keys, basically. And I I don't know. Oh, okay, okay. So, okay. so <laughs> that was a lot. Okay, so <laughs> <laughs> so if you go through this magical door, uh-huh. you go into like this demon realm. I, kind I of don't place. even I don't even know if there's a door. I don't know. Yes. Okay. Yep. Yep. So you okay? So you take this portal to a demon place. Yep. But if the demons come over into the real world, uh-huh. they turn into a dust. Uh-huh. Who this person who is allowed to travel to this demon place or has some w- means of getting to this demon place, uh-huh. he turns the dust that they turn into when they come to our world uh-huh. into keys, magic keys. And what do these magic keys do? I don't really know. I didn't read the comic. I just read the premise. You had me going, man. I was really like kind of excited. Like I wanted to find I, out. I, I read a little bit more, and like one, more. one, like one of them, like they, they're stuck their hand into the demon world, and then they got possessed, and then, they, I'm, you know, they turn into some psychopath killer. I'm assuming it's kind of like uh, in it when there was that bully kid. He gets kind of possessed. You haven't watched it? No. Okay, never mind. I have no frame of reference for you then. Sorry. <laughs> Anyways, okay, so he did that first. So he did. Oh, well, he didn't he did do that, that first. He's going to do that. Uh, but he actually. Uh, Carlson Cuse, he did Rampage and San Andreas. Those two rock movies. But you liked those movies, didn't you? Yeah, they're very they're very entertaining. Yeah, it was w- it's really weird to me uh, that he made those movies because um, they're very different than... Wait, he directed them? Or he just no, wrote he, wrote, he wrote the screenplay okay. for them. Um, he also did Bates Motel. This guy's all over the place. <laughs> he, re- he really is. Um, which is very much... Uh, kind of it's very much what you like it's the um you know it's not so much about the fact that he's the serial killer it's about these characters around him and how everything get leads up to that mm-hmm. that that show really is it's it's like dexter no no not not like dexter dexter no it's, i mean that's kind of what direct dexter is like i mean it, it, the thing is like right off the bat you know he's a serial killer but yeah, but but so it goes. It's, so it's the other way. It's leading up to. So the last season is basically a remake of uh, Psycho. Oh, this is the story of Norman Bates. Yeah, Norman Bates. Really? Yeah, it's really good. I'm surprised you haven't seen this. It's well, it's way up there. It's it's if better I'm being than completely honest. I've never been like a like a huge like horror person. I think mm-hmm. I, I think we were talking about this the other day. Um, is that I I do like horror movies sometimes, but. I've, I've fallen off lately because, and, and this isn't a movie, this is a TV show. So, like, American Horror Story, a couple of friends of mine have told me, you're going to, you would really like this, blah, blah, blah. That's okay. But, I, but I'm not really a fan of the macabre, if you will. Mm-hmm. Um, so, I don't really, I don't really get down with that kind of stuff. Base Motel is not a horror, horror show or horror, yeah. Horror, it's horror. more or less a drama about a serial it's killer. Pretty much. Um, it, you know, like, if I was to put number ratings to it, I would definitely say this one's 10 out of 10. It's, it's, 
yeah, it's done so it's well. High praise, sir. Yeah, it's it's really incredible. This, and I don't like it. <laughs> I think you'll, I think it, I you'll think you like take the, a toe. Okay. We'll see. Uh I think you'll like it a lot. Uh and then he did so I just I just t- That was t- the sound t- of me taking your toe. Well. I did bits and pieces of his shows. <laughs> Obviously, I did Lost. And then uh, he did The Adventures of Briscoe County Jr. No. Have you ever heard of this? No. Never. It was a TV show. This is like Western TV show with Bruce Campbell. And he, he was the main character. And mm. like, and then he had this Western-looking dude that looked just Wait, like... So, uh, what was the name of the show again? Uh, the Adventures of Briscoe County Jr. And then like his sidekick uh, looks just like Bishop from X-Men, except for... You know, he's in Western attire. Mm-hmm. Have you heard of this? Bruce Campbell as in Ash vs. Evil Dead, right? Yes. No, I have not. <laughs> the thing is, I think I might... I don't remember this show. I remember... My cousin might have showed it to me. I remember our family... Sure. Yeah, our family loved this show, but uh, I don't I don't remember it all. Dude, he looks... He's hella young. How old is this show? It's it's pretty old. Well, like, I mean, it was when I was... pretty old. It is 93. <laughs> <laughs> is, that, is that pretty old? It's no. like 15 years. 93? That's actually over 20 Oh, years. 25 years ago? Yeah. Yeah, okay. I guess that is kind of old. That's kind of old. The, the way it's... It looks like the way it's filmed. It's like filmed like a... Like, like, a, like, a, like a spaghetti western kind of thing. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's it's very much got Bruce Campbell's humor. And uh, it's it's weird. Like, it's got, like, technology from the future in it. Even though it's a... I don't know. It's... Oh, it's a TV. Is it a TV show? Yeah, it's a TV show. Huh. I have it on DVD if you're really that interested. I don't know if I am. But I'll, I'm going to ask my cousin. <laughs> I don't know she's if I'm really that... Bi- she's a really big Bruce Campbell fan. Yeah. Um. But so... And so there's uh, Damon Lindelof, who he did... Uh, He did Cowboys and Aliens, Prometheus, Tomorrowland. Um, Prometheus is very much underrated. Yeah. Uh, he did Ultimate Wolverine versus the Hulk. The series... I don't know. There was a series. I don't know. It was just. Uh, I was just surprised to see that. Uh, he did the leftovers. Uh, he did Star Trek Into Darkness. That's the third one. I haven't I seen that one. I was listening to the. I think it's the Kotaku podcast. Mm-hmm. I think they've been talking about. I think the, the leftovers is over, right? That was. Like, I think so. I still haven't seen that one yet. It was like three seasons, something like that. Anyways, I think they were talking about that one. I could be mistaken. It could be another one. Anyways, and they were talking about how good it was. And yeah, I I do want to get to that one. Well, that one's about. It's like it's like angels fell the earth and they're the ones that are, I don't know I don't know, whatever and he's also gonna be doing the Watchmen uh, series coming up and Who? It's, uh, Lindelof? Damon Lindelof yeah okay. and so it's interesting to me because a lot of his stuff uh, that he does is very well it's very sci-fi fantasy type shows okay. and then Carlton Cuse does it seems like he's very focused on these character-driven stories. Right, so and so it, having them both work on on Lost, like it, uh, I mean, it's just interesting to me. Like, like these p- people obviously have their clear strengths, and then merging those together to make that product, right, is interesting to me. That I mean, that that is very interesting. Um, so, so uh, it would make for a good, a good, a good aesthetic for TV shows. Yeah. Um, so going to Lost, so one of the bad things about um, this con- the constraints of TV is... I was about to say one of the bad things about Lost. I was like, what? There's, uh, there's bad, there's bad things about Lost. 
uh, there's there's loose ends that didn't really get tied up and you know stuff like that. And so I don't know, which I I don't have a problem with. You know, you you can use your own imagination to figure these things out. Um, but they did kind of do some some they did uh, leave some threads that were just misleading to throw you off of something else. But then those threads actually never turned into anything. They were strictly there to throw you off, which is a little annoying. But like uh, writing stuff simply as like bait to a distraction. That's yeah. Mm. Yeah, they yeah, if we're talking about storytelling. That's something I'm I'm not a fan of. Yeah, I, I don't. I'm not a big fan of that. Um, so, but one of, like one of the you know so blah, 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 blah. going back to the constraints of TV <laughs> is they write. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> so we watched. We, you know, we wish we listened to their their podcast every week uh, talking about Lost, and so which probably another reason that we had this intimate relationship with this show. Um, and they would talk about scenes that they had to cut. And and some of these scenes that they had to cut were actually pretty brilliant and really good ways to explain uh, what was going on, on in the show. Why did they have to cut it? Because you have 42 minutes to tell your story. Okay, so it was time constraints, not mm-hmm. necessarily like uh, rating constraints or anything like that. Yeah, just uh, just time constraints. Like there was, well, I can't talk about this scene. Never mind. It's too many spoilers. And you're gonna watch it someday, been, oh, huh? But you're gonna watch it someday. Yeah, sure. <laughs> you have no choice. Um, have you ever heard of Andrew Kevin Walker? Nope. So he was a screenwriter for Seven, which is actually, f- for me, what's in the box? Yeah. Okay. It, like that was one of the best. Like that's up there. That's top ten best movies I've seen. What? Yeah, that was, that's like top two favorite endings. It was. In, it was. I thought it was incredible. What? <laughs> but it's interesting because I looked up uh, other stuff he's done, and he's basically not done nothing else. He's written like fifteen other movies, but it's just weird, like how you can have such a brilliant screenplay, and then after that. You know, it's funny that you bring that up, and I think that commonly people think the same thing, and it's the reason why they're always asking for a new season, or a new sequel, or a new prequel, or whatever, because they think about a story, and they're like, well, if you can write this, then you can write more of this, right? right? And I really do feel like a lot of good movies, and it's the reason why I can't really hone in on like a director or a screenplay writer that I really, really like, is because... I think a lot of those ideas are, I mean, and the best ideas are the lightning in the bottle. Like they're, they're, they're not, um, like, and, it, and if it is like a series of movies that come out, that's really good. It's only because they were planned as one giant movie, mm-hmm. but because nobody's going to sit in a theater for nine hours, they wanted to, they had to split it up <laughs> and, or because the source material is, have it, you been in those recliners for those theaters these days? Yeah, I don't really. I don't. I, don't I mean, like nine it. hours doesn't seem that bad in those. No, it's still bad. <laughs> Anyways, um, but I think well, because I think about like okay, so we got the Harry Potter movies. People actually really like the Harry Potter movies, not only because they were consistent and they had a, like a an overarching story, but also because they were based on a good source material and they kept really close to it. Right. And then you think about movies, uh, it kept as close as they could to. Uh, yeah, yeah. Anyways, um. The sixth one really pissed me off because that okay. was that's yeah. the best book. I didn't read any of the books, so I don't know. They're good. 
Um, yeah, and I know that they're, they're, they're divisive among mm-hmm. fans and whatnot. Uh, but but that's, that's the th- case for all book the movie. Actually, the only time I've ever seen a movie that I thought was better than the book was, was actually the second Harry Potter movie. Okay. Because the book okay. was kind of boring. Well, I mean, okay, so think about this. If he had written seven, but mm-hmm. he had written seven with a sequel already planned or right. with a prequel planned, do you think that the prequel or sequel d- would do as good? Or do you think that... I think in the box office it would have done good because people were like, wow, seven was incredible. So I, I want to see another one, right? Yeah, I don't know why the hell we need another one because it was like perfectly packaged. Right. But that being said, I would say that most writers tend to pour all of themselves into that project. singular projects right. that they... He, it may have been that when he was writing that one, that was like everything that he right. had. Mm-hmm. And then everything else that he writes is because people go, hey, this is a good writer. Can you help us on this? Or I'm taking on a writing job because I need to make some money and this is what I do for a living. And I don't, I mean, there are some directors, there are some writers out there that, I mean, they're back to back. Like you have like Steven Spielberg back in his heyday when he used to write and direct. And nowadays he just directs because right. I don't, again, even myself as a writer, it's I a lot love, of research writing. Yeah, a lot of I feel. I even wonder. myself as a writer, I love to write, and it's fine. But I don't think I have it in me to write like you know ten consecutive like uh, blockbuster game changing stories. I think that well, we're gonna do that. So get ready. But here's the key word: we. Mm-hmm. Most good, right. okay. most good writers, if they ever have consecutive hits is because they're not individual writers right. and that they makes usually a lot have co-writers so it's more ideas being poured into the pot and more 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 brains working on things but when it's singular writers a lot of show, sense. when it's singular writers it's always one off and then maybe they might hit it again but usually if they do hit it again it's with a co-writer or it's with based on blah 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 because it's harder to run into writer's block when you have more than one person. Oh, for sure. You know? Because the moment you hit that block, somebody else might literally be taking yep. off and it's just like a relay race. Mm-hmm. And they're like, we got you. Cool. Hand that off and, I, and we'll keep it moving. And well, I'm sure I've talked about it before, uh, before the, the series finale for lost, there was this special thing that they had in theaters and it was just kind of a Q and a that they had with, uh, Damon Lindelof and Carlton Hughes. Mm-hmm. And one of the questions was, uh, did they ever argue about, um, you know what they're writing, right? And uh, and even though you'll probably agree that their answer is bullshit, but they said that they didn't fight about it. They just were like, "Oh, that's a that's an that's that's an idea. Well, what if we do this with this idea? Oh, cool. What if we do? With, oh, man!" And then it just kind of built into they built it, and I can see where that dynamic actually would be. I do, I do feel like they probably they did probably argue about things, especially when it comes to, to. A, a property that you're currently making money on. Yeah. Like you, there's going to be some heated opinions on things, but I do feel like that idea is pretty kind of novel. Heated. Yeah, I mean, we haven't gotten like we yeah. haven't had heated. I, I feel like it's novel. Story. I mean, most of the time that we talk about things, I would say that we we do the same thing. That. I hear certain ideas and there's other ideas that I might actually like fight you on and say that, Hey, I don't really like that. I don't really want to do that. No orbs or or crystals. And, (laughs) but it's never gotten to a point. I don't, I wouldn't see, I think good writers and that's probably a good sign of it is that he goes, Hmm, 
I think we could use that somehow. And then they try to write something to it. If they can't do it, you then didn't they do can't that at do all. It. You're like, no. Nope, I just I, said no. You told me you poo pooed it. Yeah, I poo poo. I poo poo that <laughs> every time. I would just say poo poo. Oh gosh. I and then that. <laughs> my favorite thing is when I'm telling you about an idea, and you like it's like you haven't like formulated an opinion on it, so that your response is always sure. I'm like, I don't know what the hell am I supposed to do with that? Well, the thing is, you're not supposed to. I think, you know, actually, I think my my mindset, and this is kind of going bleeding over into to the next uh, episode, but yeah. my mindset is usually thinking about when I say sure, it's because you kind of nailed it. I'm still formulating in my head whether or not I like it or if it's something I can work with. And it's not to say you're a bad writer and it's not to say I'm a better writer. It's to say that. I like uh, how you phrase you it give, like that, though. Yeah, it's. <laughs> It's, it's not that it's you're effective. a worse writer. It's not that I'm a better writer. But it puts us both in the middle of the road. That's it's still what the a mystery as to what the answer to that is. I'm better than you. Um, <laughs> <laughs> no, but what it what it does, it just allows we're, me to look at. We're that. very different writers, though. So. Yes, it uh, allows me to look at your ideas and see what spin I could put on. The thing is, you've read some of my my work, and I think that because we both have an admiration for the abilities or even the mindset of the other that it makes it easy for me for you to formulate ideas in front of me mm-hmm. so that you can get the input that you like from the stories that I've written on the stories that you're writing and then I can also get your input which uh, I think we discussed Good before God this is really bleeding into It really is. Let's and, let's go on and take a break real quick. Okay. Okay. Um and then when we come back we're going to try to finish this one up and and get you ready for the for the next episode. Okay, so we're back. Um, so we've been talking about a lot of the stuff that we like about video games and uh, or video games. Wow, about <laughs> storytelling. I love video it's, games. It's multitasking. He was turning up the music on my headphones. Yeah. Um, but let's talk about some of the things we don't like in storytelling, specifically like TV shows and um, and, and movie stuff. I think mainly because we're going to talk a little bit more about video games next week or in the next part of this episode. Yeah. So uh, yeah, what what are what are some of the things you don't like whenever you're like watching a TV show in terms of like the writing of the story or or a movie? Well, <laughs> so this is something that so we we're talking about Walking Dead earlier and how it's so great, mm-hmm. but but I actually did one of the things that I can't stand in TV shows is uh, they'll have like the end scene and the character will be like, oh oh, what are you doing here? And they're talking to the camera. Mm-hmm. and then the camera kills them and then you're like i wonder who killed them yeah and the next episode is like what could have possibly happened i fucking hate that so and then much. they draw it out into the very end of the episode mm-hmm. and then the end of the episode reveals who they are but then you as the viewer still doesn't know who they are and they have to spend the uh, whole next this, episode explaining one, who they are i mean the payoff was a a good scene but Are you talking about the newest episode? Yeah. And oh, shoot. Yeah, well, the, give a show away, man. It's not much of a spoiler. Someone dies. It's Walking Dead. What? They find out how People it happens. Yeah. <laughs> so oh, that's crazy. It's not much of a... That's not even a spoiler at all. I thought they were um, invincible. <laughs> and for me, um, and I've talked about this before, I can't stand it when they over-explain a plot point. Um for instance, I don't know why I, ever, I always use this example, but they'll, you know, there'll be like 
there's like a pizza box on the table and then a character will be like hey it's pizza and you're like no shit it's fucking pizza oh that was our first swear of the whole podcast that's kind of crazy well, i think i said fuck earlier oh either way um i might have said shit <laughs> i don't know um it's just okay. funny that we like men- mentally track that right um so i actually am a complete fan of, or i <laughs> you're like i love it when they explain to me that it's pizza so no i love I, pizza i'm a really big fan of dialogue so yeah. sometimes it works in the favor but i do understand all right where like you over explain unnecessary things it, so i'm a like i'm okay. a really big fan of quentin tarantino i like yeah Wow. Okay, maybe I do actually have one. Okay, so I'm. A, well, I'm a I was actually contemplating to have him on the list, but I don't love all his movies. So I like his style. Mm-hmm. I don't like all his movies either. Um, I like the fact that he does focus a lot on dialogue and his. He doesn't exposit. He just has explain a real li- conversation. Explain to the listeners what exposit is. He doesn't use character dialogue to tell the story because the play, obviously the person watching doesn't know what the real story is and mm-hmm. they're watching it for the story. So say for instance, he doesn't use the character to just go, so do you remember that one time when I did the one thing and then this thing happened and these were the consequences of said one thing that I did? Mm-hmm. Instead, he just says, hey, let's have some coffee and let's have a conversation about life. Yeah. And then they just talk. Right, and I'm a really big fan of that. I'm a really big fan of like the just living in whenever you have a movie. Uh, so, so usually in shows, I know exactly what you're talking about, <coughs> and and they and they make it more dramatic, mm-hmm. and then in his in his it's just it's just it's happening. It's a thing that yep. happens, yep. and it doesn't feel. It feels like if you were to. Uh, well, the other ones where you exposit, it feels like you could have thrown a narrator in there. You're, you're good. But if in Quentin Tarantino's, because they're more or less a conversation that's happening in the real time, you always feel like the conversation needs to be there and it can't be taken out. And even there are scenes where their conversations lead to a narrator or something of, the, of that sort. Or the conversation leads to another scene altogether. And because of the way he structures his movie all funky. Um, <laughs> it, 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 it leads to those kinds of things. But um, I do understand what you're talking about and hating when they just over-explain an object or whatever. Um, well, not necessarily an object. Just just saying, you know, like, it's you figured out you figured it out as an audience member. That's the villain. And then, then they they'll tell say, you that's the, the killer. Yeah. I, okay. Oh? Oh, so, yeah, assuming that the audience is dumb. So... In a lot of more popular media... Scooby-Doo method. Yes. They do that a lot in popular media because they have to assume that the... the they don't have to do that. That's the thing. They don't, they don't they have to, do but it's it. part of, the, it's part of the, 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 the rhythm of things. It's part of... Leap like, of faith. Sorry. They do not have to do that. You know, like... It, I know they don't. I, I do feel... I, I feel like I excuse the industry a lot because I'm just like... It's just part of what they do. It's just part of the practice. But I don't know why I use that voice. Even if somebody doesn't get it, doesn't mean that they're not going to like it. Oh, I I believe that wholeheartedly. When I write, I don't think about whether or not you're going to get it. But I mm-hmm. do give you all of the tools to get it. Right. So if you're just not that deep of a thinker, then... Perfect. That means I'm a fan of your writing. Then you miss it. So I've heard. Um, <laughs> thank you. Uh, but yeah, there, yeah, there's something to be said about 
writing intuitively and and directing that writing intuitively um to a point where you don't have to say the thing that the person should know by the time they get to that point as well so do you think uh so do you think when someone's writing a story mm-hmm. they're like duh, 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 write my story and then they're like i don't i don't think people are gonna i don't think they're gonna get this i better freaking put this in there well, or I mean, is it like like do they have you know they have the testing audience and the testing audience is like well we didn't really not everyone I, not I think everyone got it i think that's what it comes down to is yeah. that they probably write it and they're like oh this is legit and then i like this it's kind of ambiguous but or you know what somebody will get it maybe then, they do it because they don't want to do reshoots it, that could be that's, it too that's probably it actually. could be from a director's standpoint where he's re- he or she is reading over the script and they go okay so i get this but i don't think other people mm-hmm. will so we're gonna have to add an extra scene in here or this episode is gonna have to go a little bit longer than we usually do because i need to we have to explain this point because nobody's gonna get it but again that's also but if you fear it's but fear if you that, just if you just say it then <laughs> i mean even if it's a small thing, it doesn't it doesn't lead to conversation either. You know, like yeah. what if it is a little bit ambiguous? Like that's that's the awesome part about a show. You get done and you discuss so it. That's that's where you get a good relationship between a screenwriter yep. and a director because the director looks at the thing and goes, "How can I portray the idea that this person wrote down?" Because this person wrote down and had a vision of how they want things to go. And if it's not the same person doing the screenplay playing and and the and the, and the directing and the directing, mm-hmm. then you have to they have to interpret it. That's why there's cert, that's why directors get so much credit in these things. I mean, in that writers kind of a lot of times writers seem to be more obscure, but the directors themselves they still have to interpret the work and they still have to like bring it to life. And I think that's wh- that's why it's such a big task in doing that. It's because you have to look at that. And some directors will say, hey it might be better for me to add a new line in here that just says the thing that they put in into the, to the actor notes or whatever. And so let's just say it's pizza instead of saying like the, the character so looks sick o- of pizza. The character looks over and sees pizza. That's what like the, the actor note says. Right. Mm-hmm. And the guy and the, and the director might go, I don't think people will get it. Let's just say, let's make them say it's pizza, you know, that kind of thing. And again, it could be maybe that the pizza has significance to something else, and that's what the the actual writer wanted to get across, but the director may not have figured that out or whatever. But yeah, I, I definitely don't like that either. Assuming that the I do not like whenever a director or a screenwriter assumes that the audience is stupid. Mm-hmm. Um, Perfect. Yeah. Yeah. See, I didn't think I didn't think you. Yeah, what you can't it? assume that. You just can't assume that. It's not. Yeah. It's not fair to the audience to assume that. Yeah. Um, all right. So let's see. Uh, another one I don't really like is uh, I, I don't like it when. So you're writing a story mm-hmm. and you're like, oh, I have all these great points, but you just you've never had an ending in mind. Like, I personally think that unless you have an ending in mind for your story, mm-hmm. then you don't write that story. You do something else. Like you have, and and for instance, like Dexter was a great show. Oh, are you talking about like as a TV series? Like if you're writing a TV series, not yeah. to write, you only wrote the first season. You didn't know how you ever wanted to end it. You were just hoping that it would get ten seasons so you could figure it out. <laughs> yeah, stuff like that. But there's movies that do the same thing. Where like, like unless you think that your ending really works, and and I get that like, like some some 
story you're telling, it just has resolution yeah. and that's the ending and that's fine. Mm-hmm. But if you're going to, if you're going to have something like Dexter, that's going mean, to, I guess it is TV shows. I guess TV shows are, th- are the biggest so. one. Um, just like, sorry, you know, like Dexter, he's just sitting down at a desk and weeds. They're just sitting down outside smoking. Mm-hmm. What the fuck is that? Like, give me something more. Give me something grand. Both shows I really loved. I did. I loved those shows, but their endings were some two of the worst I've I've possibly seen. I think what it comes down to is that the 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 monetary <laughs> the monetary uh, like uh, motivation for a lot of these shows tends to drive them in a direction longer than they need to be way longer. I'm, I think we have talked about this definitely not on the podcast yet about me being a fan of like mini series and writing your whole show before you film it. Even if it's, you plan on only, even if you can only get two seasons out of your show, just do two seasons then stretching it out. Even if you are making a lot of money, just, I don't know, release a special edition DVD or something or a Blu-ray or whatever. But I do like, I, I guess, you know what, because I'm not driven so much by monetary gain when it, when it comes to my writing that I, I can't think the same way that somebody else who makes a living off of just purely writing things. Um, but yeah, if you have a series that only has three seasons worth of content, right. then that's all you have. Like stop. Well, that was one because you can. I would. I feel like so many more people would appreciate the ending of one idea the way that the original person who wrote it wanted it to end, and not because most of the time these series they go on past the point where the original writer even even involved, right? And then somebody else picks it up and they go, "Let me interpret what they wanted to do, and then let's draw this out for another six seasons." That's what happened with. uh, Well, that's what happened. Supernatural. Uh, The original show writer had an idea for five seasons, Mm -hmm. and then he left, and then they picked it, you know, and then they continued it, and that's why it stumbled. I mean, season, you know, the season after was okay, and then season seven was just hot garbage, and hot hot garbage, and. but then it slowly ramped back up. But it took, you know, a good four or five seasons to really get up to the same level that it was before. Yeah. And uh, which which really is incredible to me that like it's hit its stride again after like thirteen seasons. But uh, one of the things about Lost was they actually, and I don't know if this is one of the first ones on syndicate programming. It probably has to be one of them. But they they negotiated their ending. They said. They said we want to end it here. Mm-hmm. We are going to. We're not going to do season seven, eight, nine. We have our idea for it's going to be six seasons. Which, in retrospect, I really wish they did a seventh season to maybe flesh out some of these um, loose ends. Loose ends, yeah. But whatever, uh, it's still it was still <laughs> a terrific show. So, but whatever. <laughs> yeah, I, I get it. I mean, hey, if there's an ending right to the end and stop trying to draw it out. I think that's the, that's the takeaway from but that. But it's it's still confusing. You know, like, so Dexter, the, the show writers for Dexter, show writers for Weeds, when it's the last season, they know it's that last season. So they ha- at least have like a year to come up with something besides. 
Yeah, but you, if you really think about it, both of those series had a problem with ramping everything up. Mm-hmm. So they had gotten so far up that they had really like reached a peak early in their seasons. And like, so well, Dexter, see, I, like, I can see that with weeds. I can definitely see your take with weeds. Like, you know, okay. So I guess both from series, that I think, overstood their welcome. But, and then, but Dexter never was like, it was just, it was very season contained, you know? And and it didn't really ramp up. I mean, like I said, I I think the stakes were higher as it went along. See, especially I with never the child thought involved that. and and then like the, his relationship think, with his sister. I always thought it was just different. Yeah, it, and and then like I think it's just like the moment like they started like involving more like law enforcement and and being mm-hmm. able to get so close to Dexter and all this other stuff. Right. And I think they they okay. So pretty much my point is that. When you ramp up or when you create a series that has so much weight to it, I feel like a lot e- either writers run into this point where they have to make a grand ending or they have to make a artistic ending. And I think that's what it came down to. Yes, they do. That, th- yes. <laughs> um, but that's what it came down to is like, what do we do? Do we do this crazy huge ending? Do we like do this like cinematic send off or because the rest of the series is kind of artful? I mean, actually, Weeds isn't really artful, but um, it's really entertaining, though. Mm-hmm. Um, but like, how do we how do we match the tone, or how do we just completely subvert the whole tone of the show and give something else completely different? So, in terms of Weeds, you went from being a high energy series to kind of, hey, we're fine, we're done, we finally we finally made it. You yeah, know? this this world that we're in, uh, we finally were at the finish line. Yeah, I mean, I and then Dexter went from being. Death, 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 death. Let's just chill. No, it's bad. I I'm not saying I'm a big fan of it, but I'm I'm trying to I try to draw like my conclusions as to why they would oh, go about no, that I, route I, of doing yeah, the thing. I, I I understand that standpoint. Um but it was bad. It was a bad decision. I I'm hey, I believe so too. <laughs> okay. I I actually it was one of those things where you you know when you end a series, right? And then you go on the internet and go season next season seven you know what i mean like mm-hmm. and and then you so you look for an air date and then you find just a whole bunch of reddit posts that just say that's not happening why do you guys keep on saying this why are you keep on asking <laughs> oh this for question? dexter yeah just just in general well the way they ended it they made it seem like is there going to be a spinoff show is is and there's still there's still been talks about it too seriously yeah oh jesus well, think about it. Dexter's another one of those shows that's part of the zeitgeist now. Like it's like explain it, the word zeitgeist. It's part of the 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 feel the not really the group think, but the mm-hmm. yep. Yeah, that's a guess. My, mind hive, pretty much. Yep. Um, but sometimes it's, I don't know if I ask you to say that for the audience or if I ask for me. It might be for I me. I pr- you know actually in those cases I probably should just look them up. Even though <laughs> I, it's fine, um, it's good enough. We can have our our audience tell us we're wrong, or I can just add it in later. Uh, zeitgeist, a the defining spirit or mood of a particular period of history, as shown by ideas and beliefs of the time. I think my thing was a little bit better. I, I like the way I explained it. Too. I don't yeah. know, whatever. Well, it's the same thing. Yeah. Um, but yeah, they 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 had they had they had their respective endings and. I do feel like one of the things that Dexter established is that people will watch long episodes of shows 
I mean, not it didn't establish it by itself, but it's one of the things that influenced those things. Wait, how did that establish it? There was already long episodes. No, no, I'm I'm saying it's one of those shows that pretty much like solidifies. It's it, like I said, you you go from shows where a lot of people are only watching 20, 30 minute episodes, right? And then you then you hit them with the premium channels, hitting everybody with forty minute to hour long episodes. Lost was forty minutes to an hour long episode. I understand, but we also said that Lost was a change for brilliant. 42 minutes 44 minutes of episode anyway, <laughs> anyways um but yeah so for all the premium channels that was like it was a really big thing plus also there's what, less what, did, rating. what did that dude that from the first three seasons what what was his catchphrase <laughs> what oh and dexter surprise oh su- surprise, surprise motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> and then there's this Best one comedian character. that did like a whole like a whole like little like montage of of like he would like uh, it says surprise motherfucker some fries motherfucker <laughs> some and, fries <laughs> and it was just like a whole thing uh, oh, I gotta I've find that seen, video yeah I'll have to see it's, that one it's freaking that hilarious that sounds awesome uh, <laughs> such a good character very, anyway very, very much so I was so mad when they when they killed him off Spoiler. anyways oh shit <laughs> my bad I'm gonna Spoiler. cut that part out um, I'm actually whatever. gonna cut that out for I know Dexter? Dexter's I really like Dexter. I, I don't want to spoil He's it. He's dead anybody. and gone. So if you like it, you, okay, well, I don't want to spoil Lost because I love it. There you go. So, okay, okay. <laughs> oh, man. So uh, you can just bleep it. That's better if you bleep it. Or just add a musical rift. <laughs> and then I'm talking about riff, how I, mean, I don't want to spoil so. Lost. So. Uh, anything so, else Anything well, else you don't like? Because um, we're going to wrap this up. Well, here soon. I'm curious if there's anything that you don't really like. Or unless those are the ones that. Um, I'm not a fan of adding objects in just for the sake of adding objects <sighs> in to drive the story because the the character stories themselves aren't strong enough. Um, I'm not a fan of uh the whole the whole Deus Ex Machina things where just what is no, that. I'm about to explain okay. it. I knew you were going to ask. <laughs> <laughs> uh, where like out of nowhere, uh, somebody just ends up. Okay. It happens so, so much in shows. So many times that you have it to where like the thing is, okay, well, you're watching a show and you know this is the main character and you know that there's no way this show can even exist without this main character. So you know they're not going to die. But the guillotine is falling ever so slowly and you just see it and they keep on jump cutting things and they're like, oh my gosh, it's <laughs> going to kill him. It's going to kill him. But in the back of your head, if you know how TV works, if you know how storytelling works, you know that there's something that's going to pop up. And Unless then, boom, boom. you're watching Game of Thrones. Unless you're watching Game of Thrones and everybody dies, don't love anybody because <laughs> they'll probably die that season that you start liking them and it's just going to be sad. Anyways, any other show, <laughs> they they typically, like I said, the guillotine's falling and you're like, oh no, it's going to cut off the person's head. And then like slowly but surely as it gets down and suddenly like it goes black and then all you hear is cling and then somebody's... <laughs> and you're like, oh, what happens on this next episode? either that or they actually show it to you and all they just show is like maybe a sword that just is like in between the guillotine and the person's oh, neck yeah, or whatever yeah. and then you're like oh. <laughs> and then the other <laughs> Whose person sword is that and then they zoom in on the person who who, who was saved and, the, and they're sweating and, and they're like <laughs> <laughs> and, the, and then 
But then, like, there's like a whole another six episodes of them dealing with the fact that they almost died and blah blah blah. <laughs> that guillotine scene. <laughs> then that guillotine scene ends up being like the whole thing, and then they replay it like six times or whatever. And then they make they have... six seasons out of that guillotine scene. Yeah, from every person there's perspective. Oh yeah, for sure. <laughs> And then, oh, like, actually, that's and then it's like a whole episode explaining how that person got there and yeah. how this. And then you're like, oh my gosh, it was the person that was actually supposed to pull oh, the lever. And, and he pulls the sword out <laughs> and he does the thing because he feels bad. And then suddenly, so now you have to go back. Why does he feel bad? And I'm writing a whole story. Don't just. <laughs> why does he feel bad? He actually feels bad because as an executioner, he was actually born into the to the profession. Mm, His okay. parents were both executioners okay. before him. And so he was just kind of he just had to do it and uh-huh. so he didn't really agree with the reason why this person was being being executed and like when he, he started to feel a certain way and he started to develop his morals around around his feelings about mm-hmm. like the, the things that the king was doing at the time why are you stealing my ideas from my game called solace are you serious yeah well kind of kind of there's actually some a lot of themes that you're talking about right now are actually in that that's kind of funny Oh, well, that's, I feel like this is basic storytelling, but okay. Well, fuck you then. <laughs> no, basic, <laughs> no, dude, no, no, basic storytelling kidding. is good. I'm just kidding. It's, it's how some of the best stories are written. <laughs> but yeah, so that's I, me making up a story on the fly based on the scenario I definitely didn't pre, pre-think of. That was just... No, yeah. that was good. That was good. That's fun. Uh, I forgot to tell you... Oh, I don't even remember what we're talking about before this. Anyway, uh, I forgot Things to tell you like. about... Uh, oh, yeah. I forgot to tell you I've been watching... Um, shit castle rock mm-hmm. and it's been you know a good show it, it finally hit it's like Strike. holy shit that was a really good episode moment okay. uh sissy spacek she's awesome you know okay. you know sissy spacek space nope. spacek i can't think i also of, I can't, you can't think speak of properly but okay. yeah i can't speak properly so i uh, can't speak properly <laughs> no so, you can't all right, all right well before you look her up you can look her up afterwards but uh so uh, any okay you're gonna look up right now no keep on keep oh on talking. well i, I want to know if there's anything else that you know that you don't really like in media i, I think that's a, like the, it's always the it's always the big thing i feel like i don't like unnecessary time spent on things i feel i'm i think I'm that's one why of those, I, I, people i like it where everything's full yeah. I think it's we were talking about it during the break about fluff and and padding for stories. I think and that's I, why I struggle with Stephen King books. It's because there's a lot of a description that just seems. I mean, I could be wrong, you know, but, but it it's seems, also the reason why Stephen King's books are probably the most adapted books of all time because there's like, so much description. There's so much description, yeah. and he. But then and, they do a bad. And he well, they do a good, so many of them, but they do a bad job, or they do a good job now. But like, I remember when, like when when. Tommy Knockers, you probably never saw the TV, nope. made for TV movie or thing. Oh god, it was it was so bad. But you're right; they have so much description behind it. Why can't they faithfully, you know, make this movie? It's uh, movie making was different back then. Yeah, now very nowadays different. there's very little limitation. Actually, really, limitation tends to be a big thing when it comes to. Well, especially when you, especially when they see. Uh, these, I mean, these Marvel movies are kind of ch- taking chances, you know. So, just yeah. there's so much more risk taking than there seems than there used to be. It seems like in Hollywood, which is interesting because the video game industry seems to be going the other direction. What do you mean? Less ri- risk taking. 
more sequel. Uh, I don't know. I guess no, Hollywood does I would, it too. I would agree at less risk-taking mm. because nowadays it's what like it's a it's a major company or a major publisher going, okay, this is popular. Make mm. that. Yep. I mean, even one of the companies that I love the most, uh, Blizzard. And I mean, yeah, I know I really do love Square Enix, but I, I really like the consistency of Blizzard. But even Blizzard has gotten to a point where it goes, these are the popular things. You know, we could probably put our characters into those. Like League of like Legends. Soul, Soul Calibur. Dude, Soul Calibur is awesome. Um, oh, no, that's Namco. That's Namco. Like Blizzard, when they did um, when they did Heroes of the Storm, which is just kind of like a clone of, uh, what do you call it? The uh, League of Legends or Hey, remember or, when or you Dota? said we wanted to do hour-long podcasts? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, now we're at two hours. Wait, go, man. <laughs> um, I blame you. No, we're at an hour and 36. Anyways, okay. but yeah. So, yeah. Yeah, I'm right, probably well, going to cut that last part out. Yeah, it's cool. Uh, well, we can add this part. So so we kind of started talking about video games a little bit, but, you know, we're going to save that for next week as we we kind of dive into uh, storytelling for video games and kind of our likes and dislikes and, and how it's different than writing for TV and writing for movies or how it's not different. So. Ooh. No, it seems it seems different. But I haven't researched it all, so... So, by saying not different, you mean the same? Yes. <laughs> That's what it's not different is. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Apparently, the podcast has done, gone on too long for... That, that seemed like a really hard question for some reason. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know why it seemed like you were racking your brain. It's like, <laughs> I don't whoa, know. Whoa. Whoa. Did he just... Did he, what, what, the, why, how do you put those words together? That's uh, crazy. So this is just a uh, uh, this is just a reminder. Um, please, so you know we're making this podcast. Uh, we do have aspirations to make a game. Uh, please support our product. Uh, click like on whatever you're using to listen to us. Um, keep subscribe to us. Download our podcast as much as possible. And thank you for your support. We're out. Until we're not. Ha <laughs> Wait, for real? No, we're, we're going to do episode two. Electric Boogaloo. <laughs> Peace out. <laughs>